the night as well but then I, I don't think you're supposed to bud oh I've always woken up throughout the night do people not yes I think you're supposed to sleep through the night no that's insane there's no way people just sleep through the night yes you know who it is it's people who have no problems there's that doesn't exist though everybody has problems sure I think let me rephrase people who don't have anxiety cycle i'm just i mean i'm sleeping in bed with a dog and another person so yeah. of course i'm gonna i mean sugar's up to stuff in the night oh really oh yeah she's moving she's grooving no no beans is a rock beans oh really sleep okay so you, let's say you wake up then are you getting out of bed are you like yeah dude what do you what do you go do uh one time i woke up at 4 a.m and then i just watched succession okay uh, uh, <laughs> how it's meant to be seen yeah, exactly until like 6 a.m <laughs> Uh, and then sometimes I'll wake up and I'll be like, ah, and I'll take a weed gummy and try to try to go back to sleep. I listen to a meditation app. I'm doing all the things that are supposed to help you fall asleep. Like I got lavender under my nose. I'm like doing all this shit. All the things that people come at me and they're like, have you tried this? Have you tried that? Yeah, bitch, I've tried it. And like nothing's but, happening. But you're able to fall asleep at the beginning of the night? Sometimes I can. But then I'm up at like 1 or 3.30 or then again at like, like I don't know. You should I, call my mom. She's always up too. Oh, yeah? Just give her a call. <laughs> yeah, just talk it talk it out. Well, no, because it, at 3 o'clock my time, it's 6 o'clock her time, so she should be awake. You what? Know? Why should she be awake at 6 o'clock? To grab the paper, make some coffee. Oh, my God. <laughs> I always struggle to fill the time now, and I wake up so late. I can't imagine waking up at 6 and not having to fill a full day. Well, I think those people go to bed at like 8. They watch The Masked Singer and then they head right to bed. <laughs> this is Just Between Us, a variety show filled with heartfelt advice. Ridiculous games. And brutal honesty, baby. Those are the people that sleep through the night. Are the people that watch The Masked Singer? Yeah, because I imagine they're just, they don't, they don't have a need for a lot. I can't even fathom a night where I go to bed and then I wake up and it's the morning. That, okay, so how do so you might have insomnia. I feel fine. We've got a great episode for you this week. We're going to be talking to Sabrina Jalise and asking some tough questions. All about fertility and mm-hmm. sperm donation. Oh, yeah. And later we'll be talking about our favorite topic, rejection. We love to talk about romantic, social, and professional rejection. Yeah, it's what's hot. It's what's happening. <laughs> oh, my God. But first, hit it. International questions. in Schenectady. I love that. That is the name of your column, baby. (laughs) Okay, so this is the part where we give advice to Sexless in Schenectady because she wrote in. Mm -hmm. Can I ask you a quick question? Me? Yeah. Yeah. What does TLDR mean? Oh, thank you. It means too long, didn't read. So it's like the it's like the compact version of their of their question. Oh, thank you, sexless and Schenectady. I appreciate that. So her TLDR is: I don't know how to initiate sex with my partner. 
And then her background is, hey guys, I've been in a relationship for a year and a half and we've been living together for about a year, minus the summer long distance. Thank you for that info. Mm -hmm. Her meds kind of depress her sex drive, which is something we've discussed and we both know about. But I also just feel like maybe I'm just a hornier person. Feel that? I feel like I don't even know how to initiate sex or making out or anything. I can tell when she isn't into it, so in that case, I don't start. I'm kind of inexperienced at relationships. I've dated boys in high school, but she's my first girlfriend. Help, help, help. I think you can just, like, be honest. And I know it's, like, weird because I think you're worried probably about them rejecting you. And it's like, but if they say they don't want to, then you just go, okay. I'm not quite sure. Like, I think it's it's a fear of rejection, right? That's what we're worried about. No, but I think also, like, potentially for the, this couple to have a sex life, it's sort of on on sexless and schenectady to initiate it because I think maybe her partner's meds don't make her... You know, I think a lot of time people with, like, lower sex drives, it's like they're... It's not going to come into their head, right? So it's not going to be this thing where they're like, oh, I got to have sex with my partner. But if their partner initiates and potentially, like, gets them... Gets the ball gets rolling. Gets the ball rolling, gets yeah. them in the mood, like, then things can happen. But it sucks that it's maybe more on the partner to do that. And so yeah. I think that maybe our sexless and schenectady is, is willing to be that partner who initiates. She just doesn't know literally what to do. Um, say, do you want to fuck right now? Right. Let me say, sometimes people don't like when I just go like, hey, you want to you wanna bone down or whatever? They're like, they don't like that. They want to be romanced a little. And so I think you can do like a... Like, uh, you're so cute. You're so, oh, man, you look so cute right now. Come here. Like, and then, like, start kissing on them and, like, doing and, like, putting your hand places, you know? <laughs> I, I think that you've touched on something. Compliments. And, yes, I was going to say compliments. I think that, um, you know, potentially your partner isn't really feeling, like, that much of a sexual being. Mm-hmm. So if you point out things about them that you find desirable, that you find beautiful, that you find attractive, then Mm -hmm. it might kind of shift their mindset and be like, huh, maybe I am, maybe someone does want me and maybe I do want them to want me back. Yeah, I do a lot of like, hey, what you doing with that butt over there? Like I try to be like, hey, come here. Or like a lot of- I think you have to figure out, I think for some people humor works and for some people it doesn't. Like where mm. it, it, like humor can like make it playful and fun. And then for other people, it's like, oh, but we're in joking mode right now. And for me, joking mode is not sexual mode. Okay. Then compliments. I think you're right. Maybe just like sexy, earnest compliments. I also think that there's something to just building up the intimacy in your relationship um, in terms of just like when you are on the couch, making sure that you're touching on the couch. Not oh, like yeah. below the pants touching, but just like that your legs are next to each other or that your arms, arms around, around them, each yeah. other, you know? And so I think that the more the more physical intimacy you have, even if it's not directly sexual, I think it might help you feel closer in your relationship in general. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I think another thing is, is that you don't always have to have sex. Right. So if that feels like it's it's too much for your partner and they're or they don't really want that, there's like halfways where it's like, let me give you a massage and then you do something like that and then some yeah. days your partner might be into more and some days they might not, but you still like are sharing like a physically intimate moment and experience. Yeah, or you could just kiss. Yeah, you can totally just kiss. Yeah. Or <laughs> I think also two things I just want to address. One, uh I don't would I would 
I don't know if you do feel bad, but do not feel bad about being the hornier person in the relationship. That does not say anything bad about you. That does not make you like a bad person. I used to spend a lot of time thinking that that made me like some sort of monster, and it doesn't. Uh, Two... Uh, you know, it's interesting because you mentioned that you mostly dated boys in high school and that this is your first girlfriend. And I think like stereotypically when you're dating boys, a lot of times they're initiating. Mm. And so maybe you are not experienced in this realm because you just never had to. Um, and it wasn't like, you know, a more, it wasn't like a, a thing that was expected of you. So I understand you feeling like you don't, you don't have like the tools for this. And, like, that that's normal. Like yeah. Like, that, you know, like, unlike Gabby, not all of us come out of the womb knowing how to seduce. <laughs> and so it's a, it, there's going to be some growing pains. I just came out with a tiny pencil mustache and a rose. <laughs> um, I came out, like, just like Pepe Le Pew. Oh, God. <laughs> I wouldn't, I mean, I wouldn't put it past you. <laughs> yeah. At least a few nurses in Florida have your phone number. <laughs> Also, like, I understand that maybe it might not enter their mind, but they do have to take into account that, like, this is something that you want in the relationship. Like, they can't just, like, let it all be on you. Um, To steal some advice, I read it in the hit magazine Cosmopolitan. Ooh. Uh, A cool way to spice up your relationship is to sort of, like, play with expectation. Right. So it's not just like, okay, in this moment, I'm going to like make the move. It's like all day you're sort of like looking forward to it. So like texting them throughout the day or like planning a date night or, you know, Mm -hmm. something where you're it's not like you have to expect your partner to like go from zero to 60. You're sort of like priming them. Right. So you're like hey, tonight, like, I'd love if, like, we had dinner and then maybe, like, took it to the bedroom or something. Yeah, then, like, get them texting them time throughout to prepare. the day. Yeah, give them time to, like, mentally prepare. And I and I think that that can, that can like, also be, like, exciting for you guys. Um, oh, yeah. It could become, like, part of a game and a flirtation. And, and I think that uh, as much as you should feel comfortable talking to your partner, um, sometimes texting makes it easier that's you know, true. until you get to a place where you're more comfortable talking about it yeah you know so sort of like maybe pushing your desires via text when you guys are apart you know and yeah. sort of like and then you know that if you do initiate a kiss later they won't feel like oh my god what are you doing because you sort of like <laughs> stated your intentions and i also think that you don't need to take the rejection if if your partner is not in the mood it's not personal. You know, yeah, but you also don't need to take it in silence. Like I think that you can say like that's totally fine when you don't want to have sex with me, but I I need to know that like you still love me, that mm-hmm. you're still interested in me, that this has this has nothing to do with me as a person or our or like the state of our relationship. Yeah, some reassurance. Yeah, like I think that this is a situation where you're allowed to ask for that reassurance. You can't just have them be cold on you. Right. They have to be like, "Oh no, it's just my medication, I still love you, I still want to be with you, you know. And also, this is an important part of a relationship, and if you guys aren't synced up in this area and it's causing you a lot of stress and you try these things that we recommend and it still doesn't work, like, that's that's a valid reason for a relationship not to be working. Oh, yeah, you're not, that's what I mean. Like, you're not a monster if you're just, you have a higher sex drive and you need someone to match that. And I think especially if your girlfriend makes you feel... Bad shitty about, about it oh yeah. yeah and if that 
happens, I think that this is not the right relationship. Yes. Any sort of, yes. If this person is making you feel like you are some sort of irredeemable pervert in a bad way, then... Uh, or, or just that they reject you without providing any reassurance. Yeah. Like if they just consistently are not interested and then they don't they don't make up for it in some other way. But also for some people like being rejected sexually is a trigger and that's just like a an it's an anxiety trigger, it's like a self-hatred trigger mm-hmm. and like that is valid if you can't be with someone like sometimes certain people are just triggers for you. Yes. And you can't be with someone who is uh, their thing triggers your thing. Right. And I, you know, I think that it'd be great if, if you are in therapy to potentially like work through this in therapy. Like, yeah. Why? Why is that so? Why is that so bad when that happens? Right. But, you know, you also need a partner, like you said, who brings out the best in you and not the worst in you. Yes. And sometimes it just doesn't work out because certain people's deals trigger your deal and they're just incompatible deals. Exactly. Wow. I, I just want to commend you again for being so creative with sexless and schenectady. <laughs> yeah, if people could set, start, instead of their real name, start sending in this kind of fun, like, advice column name, oh, you know? we really appreciate it. If you want to submit your international questions, send it to justbetweenuspod at gmail.com. That's justbetweenuspod at gmail.com. Stick around after the break. We'll be talking all about sperm donors with Sabrina Jalice. Just Between Us. Just between us, it's time for the juiciest, most scandalous, controversial segment known to all of podcasting. Tough questions. Today we have actor, writer, comedian Sabrina Jalice. Hello. Guys, I'm so happy to be here. Thank Hello. you so much for coming. Let's keep all of this just between us. Oh, you're the first person to make that joke, yeah, I think. I've, I haven't heard that. Are you lying? In, no, no, no. In like 40 episodes, I think. Oh Has my anyone God. on the pod made it? Oh, people make it, I mean, every day. But yes. I, I don't know if we've had it on air. <laughs> no, not on air. Not on air. So uh, so how old is your, your kid? My kid is a year and three quarters. Okay. Uh, his name is Wolfie. Mm-hmm. Cutie Wolfie? Little, yeah, Wolfie. I love Full that. Full name Wolfie, W-O-L-F-I-E. And um, and you want to know how we made him? Yes, yes please. So this is the story that I love. So yes, tell us how you made Wolfie. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had it introduced as like, the story! No, because uh, I love it. Okay, so here's the story. So um, my wife and I were like looking into where's our baby. How was, long had you been married? We had been ma- we've been together for almost eleven years, and wow. we've been married for seven years. And did you and so, know that you always wanted to have kids? Yeah, my wife is like hippie tattoos, spends too much money She's on very crystals. Cool. I'm like, why do we have so much money in the rock industry? <laughs> Um, but she's like uh, slowly infected me with this like house of intuition way of thinking. Because mm-hmm. at first I was like daughter of immigrants. Like, what are you talking about? Dreams. <laughs> Fucking put your rocks away. But but now I totally believe it because of the story. So eight years ago she had a dream um, about wolves and she woke up and she was like, our baby's name is Wolfie. And I was like, cool, we're having a baby and cool name. My mom's going to be mad. But wow. and, now, and you were down for Wolfie, boy, girl, and whatever. Boy, girl, whatever, I was down. But we had always kind of, so my dad a long time ago was about to have an operation and he had this sense of mortality and he was like, Bina, when you and Shana want to have a baby, we can go to Pakistan and we can adopt someone in our lineage. 
And I was like, are oh. you fucking kidding me? That's incredible, Dad. That and sounds then, so cool. Yeah, then he had the operation, survived, didn't have that romantic <laughs> sense of mortality. And I was like, so, Dad, when are we going to Pakistan? He's like, are you fucking nuts? Yeah, we're not going to. We're not going to show. You can't be two lesbians showing up being like, give me all the Muslim kids. You know? <laughs> oh, he- I mean, that's the thing with international adoption. So we were like looking into sort of where our kid was. And actually, Mexico City is a place that allows, it's very rare that that foreign countries allow international adoption for gay couples. Yep. Mexico City does. However, with international adoption, they only allow you to adopt a, a kid five years old and up. Oh. So we, so we were going on this trip. Um, so you originally thought adoption versus uh, well, sperm donation. Sperm, t- the sperm donation, well, I a long time ago had this idea of like, why don't I steal some of my brother's jizz and throw it in you? And she was like, <laughs> that's not hot. <laughs> I was like, but it is to me. And my brother was like, I don't want it. I was like, how do I make this happen? <laughs> yeah, I, I was like that too. I had a, a girlfriend and uh, I was like, I wanted her older brother who's like very put together, politicians, like works in politics, whatever. Uh, and she was just like, no, he doesn't get to have everything. Yeah, <laughs> I, was, I mean, he well, doesn't get to have my baby. And I was like, whoa. I didn't think about it that way. And now that we have Wolfie, I do see how it would be complicated with yeah. my parents being like, look at Samir's gorgeous baby. Right, right, right. Uh, while I just like, just dig my fingernails deep into That's my palms. That's what she was worried about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she was worried about the competitiveness of that. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. So. So you were looking into we international were looking adoption. Into international adoption. We were. We actually had signed up for an adoption seminar here in LA right before we went on this trip a few years ago. I guess it'll be three years ago if Wolfie's going to turn two. So adoption seminar, we show up and this company that's been alive for 20 years folds and doesn't tell anyone that's coming to the seminar. So people had actually invested money and everyone shows up at the sem- <gasps> seminar and the building manager is like, oh no, you that, that floor, like they just got kicked out and they're not a company anymore. Oh my God. We fly to, from Mexico City to Sayulita and um, we eat a bunch of delicious tacos and like uh, my wife is a little Irish lady and, you know, white power is everywhere except for in the belly of a white lady. <laughs> she like immediately is diarrheaing, puking, both at the same time. Um, and I'm like, I'll let you do that mm-hmm. here in this Airbnb and I'll take a surf lesson. Uh, I get, got her Gatorade. Um, yeah, you were. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 like, yeah. No one wants you there watching the diarrhea, right, watching sure. the flow, you know? Right. So I t- take the surf lesson and like immediately I'm like, I mean, he's gorgeous. My, my instructor is beautiful. His skin color is the same as mine. His hair, same as mine. His face, gorgeous like mine. Beautiful. Yeah, you, you realize that you guys look alike. We look alike. And just and not like actually like if you see a picture of him you're gonna be like bitch you're delusional <laughs> but like <laughs> but like in a way where like if I was casting the male me in the movie uh-huh. male reboot of Blue Crush right right he right he would be the Sabrina Jalice Michelle Rodriguez I don't know why I involved Blue Crush it's yeah no because it's surfing <laughs> not it's that surfing, people yeah. do and yeah. I did think I thought that Blue Crush was the way surf lesson's went like we'd be like you know, Kate Bosworth and Michelle Rodriguez, like in the waves, hang yeah, 10. Yeah, yeah. Like, we'd be just like surfing alongside each other. And, and that you like, would get it immediately. Yeah, he'd be like, yeah, just like uh, hit that wave. And we'd like no. s- surf over to that wave. But what a surf lesson is, is, is just you a just lot fall. of. It's actually before that, you're just laying on a board. On the sand, right? No, in the water, waiting for the waves. You're just laying on a board. Doing nothing. 
staring into a man's eyes, just <laughs> brainstorming ways to ask for his jizz. <laughs> oh, yes, the classic surfing lesson experience. Yeah, in my experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so um, I'm just, I'm ha- feeling this connection. Shauna's still puking. Um, so I grab a bottle of Mezcal and, and um, Ricky... Uh, my instructor at the time, um, and I, we have some drinks, and he's just like, he's just, his energy is just like, I compare it to when I met Shauna, because when I met, when I saw, before I met Shauna, when I saw Shauna, I just was like, the stakes could not be higher. <laughs> you were like, I immediately this is my was wife? Like, yeah, I was like, how do I tell her she's my wife? Uh-huh. And I tried for like two hours. To be like, you're my wife? Excuse me, ma'am, but you're my wife. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Where did you see her for the first she, time? In San Francisco. She was like, uh, I was at this bar and I was brokenhearted. It was six months out of a breakup. And my old, my last girlfriend like immediately found a new girlfriend. And I was like, oh, love is fake. I'm never going to be attracted to anyone again. And you know how it is when you're uh-huh. like gay and you're looking around. You feel like it's even more boutique, boutique, boutique that yeah. you're going to find your luxury girl. Right. You know what I mean by boutique yes, and luxury. Yes, yes, Not yeah, like yeah, yeah. coins, 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 but like very specific. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like, how am I going to find this person? And so I took, I had said to my friend, I was only in San Francisco for a couple of days, and I said to my friend, like, I'm never, never going to be attracted to anyone again. And I took a sip of my gin and tonic, and then I looked up, and Shauna was there dancing by herself. She was dancing. Like, she just was having so much fun. Alone. Alone. And I was like, I want to be invited to that party. I want to <laughs> dance with you. Um, and then it's just like, how do you play it cool when you're like, your palms are sweaty. Mom spaghetti. And you were like, this is my... So then you approached her? Um, I tried to. Like, I, she was at the bar, and this was like Blackberry days, and she had a Blackberry, and I had a Blackberry, and I was like, oh my God, we can BBM! <laughs> <laughs> BBM! <laughs> we can BBM! <laughs> um, and I just like was like sitting next to her, like, and it's... You know what, when you're like just trying, you're like waiting for an in, it's like double dutch and your shoelaces are untied and you're like, but I got to double, I got to Yeah, get what in, is my in? What do I say? And so I just uh, sat there for like 10 minutes um, and then I went back to my friend. She's like, okay, so what's her name? And I'm like, I didn't talk to her. <laughs> and so then Shauna was smoking outside and I don't smoke and I asked for my friend for a cigarette and I went outside and was like, can I have a light? And then her butch friend lit my cigarette and I was like, uh-huh. not you! <laughs> <laughs> I wanted my unicorn lady. Yeah, and you were like, "Get away!" Yes, but Not I was. Now. But I w- instead we were talking. She's like, "I'm going to visit New York," and I was like, "I actually live in New York, a very interesting city. I'm a stand-up comedian, an interesting occupation." Yeah, but anyway, so- I did have these business cards, and I had my headshot on them, and um, it said like "comedian" yeah, in my name. Of course. And so after Shauna goes inside. And by this time, she's like, I mean, we've like been around each other's orbit, but mm-hmm. haven't officially met or spoken. And I just went up to her and I was like, hey, I'm only here for one more day. And I just want to tell you, I've been trying to tell you all night. I think you're super cute. If you're around tomorrow, I'd love to hang out. And I gave her the business card and she looked at me and she was like, I think you're super cute. Aww. And then we kissed on the cheek and it was like orgasmic you know when you like it's just like that it was just like it felt so good and then she's got like tattoos and I was like this bitch is gonna make out with me right away and I like tried to turn I looked at her and tried to like turn it into a yeah like a makeout and she was like I don't know you she like (laughs) turned it into another cheek kiss and I was like gotcha (laughs) and then I got in the 
cab to head back to the hotel with my friend. And I was like, I mean, how... I, I immediately was referring to her as my wife. And when we texted the next day, we were texting about, like, that she was my wife. Like, it was like... You were just like, you are my wife? You're my wife, yeah. Oh, my God. So you have maybe a special power where you can recognize something in someone. Well, and I And the think, importance they're going to have on your life. Um, Maybe. And also maybe, um, I don't know, it's like maybe similar to that balance of give fucks, don't give fucks. Mm-hmm. It's like when you are attuned to... A connection with someone, mm-hmm. are you going to go after it? And how hard do you go after right. it? Yeah. For me, I go after it really hard. Yeah. But then that can also bounce back. So you so you met Ricky and you thought immediately, how do I get this person? How do person I control sperm? my personality to make Oh, how do you of, approach this? Right, because you're going to ask this insane but thing. But it's, it's not only that. It's like this is just this made-up scenario in my mind. Meanwhile, my, meanwhile, my wife is like shitting and puking. <laughs> Like, we're on the rooftop. She's just, like, you know, dehydrating her body. Right. Um, And so the next day, as we're walking down the beach, I was like, we're about to pass the, like, surf hut Mm -hmm. of where I took my lesson. And I know I mentioned the guy um, that I really liked him. But I was thinking, like, maybe he's our donor. And we hadn't even talked about, like, we weren't really on the track of having a baby via donor. Right. We talked about, like, if someone was going to get pregnant, it would be Shauna. And Shauna was like, you're insane. Like, wh- you've already decided who what strangers just to put in my body. And it's, like, all good and fun for you. But, like, right. I don't know. Um, so she was skeptical. But then literally, like, 20 steps down the beach, we pass his hut. He's there. He's laying in a hammock. I introduce him to Shauna. She says, hi, what's up? Cool. Maybe we'll take a lesson later. Cool, cool, cool. We walk away. And within, like, it was like a two-beat exchange, but Shauna's like, you can ask him. Ah! Yeah. Wow. So she liked his vibe as well. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, so, I mean, he's just like, he's like a really special, special dude. And so when, now it's like, it's still like woo, cool, but it's still like this made-up thing. It's yeah, like you have I'm not, to ask nothing, him. I have to ask him, and it's also like, what are the chances? It's just it all seems kind of crazy. Yeah, you know, like we don't know him very well at all. Yeah. Um, Does how she, old is he? Yeah, he's twenty-three. Okay. Does she agree that he kind of looks like you? Um. No, I mean, like, the look-alike thing is more like the skin color like and color. the yeah, eye yeah, color yeah, 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 yeah. and all of that stuff. It's not like, this is a Sabrina Jolie's photocopy. Right, but, like, it would be, it, would, it would seem be, like yes, your it would. baby. I mean, yeah. like, well, yeah. yeah. Now, Wolfie, people are like, it's so crazy, Shauna had the baby. He looks just like you. And he looks just like you. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, bitch, I'm the executive producer. <laughs> <laughs> Head of casting. <laughs> um, so then the next day is, because it's not like, just because Shauna said yes, it's like, and it's happening, right? Right. Like, we have one more day, and that day we have this um, big, like, fishing excursion planned, and we go out with, like, our beers and our cooler full of stuff to the boat, and they're like, oh, you know what? The uh, the ocean is too rocky today. Aww. And that was Wolfie in the ocean, making sure that he would be made. Because, oh, it, I mean, yeah. like, the ocean's too rocky, and as we're leaving that boat, that, that area, who's walking towards us? Ricky. Ricky. Ricky's walking towards us with his surfboard, and he's about to go out for a lesson. And I was like, can I get the next one? And then I did, and I went out and literally asked him in the water. I was like, just again, it was like double dutch. It was like, it was a lot like surfing. I kept on thinking about that, where it's like you're waiting, 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 waiting for the right wave. (gasps) I said, hey, um, I'm going to ask you something, and I've never asked anyone this before, and I don't want you to feel any pressure. 
Um, but my wife and I would like to have a baby and we were wondering if you would like to help us or if you'd be interested in helping us. <gasps> and he was like, it's pretty kind of vague. Like, <laughs> yeah. He was like, kind of like blushed a bit for yeah. a bead and was like, well, he was like, I don't know how that works, but, um, you guys are a beautiful couple. And if I can help you, then I'm interested. <gasps> And so I took the next wave in, and I, like, ran up to Shauna, and I was like, it's happening! <laughs> Did but, he know that that meant, like, sperm donation? Um, yeah. That's okay. what – he knew what – yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, none of us knew what the way – I mean, what like, does that mean? everybody yeah. at this point in the story is like – did he fuck your wife? And I'm like, no, if this was a story about a man fucking my wife, do you think I'd be like, I'd be like, yeah, gleeful. Yeah. Like (laughs) giggling while I tell it. Right. (laughs) So then I'm watching. Right. And she's so into it. Um, so he comes back in from the water and as he's coming back and we're talking and we're like, okay, cool. We'll meet back at the, back at the place. Um, in like an hour, he turns around and on his back is a tattoo of a wolf. No! Oh my god! Are you joking? I'm not joking. You it's hadn't seen it before. I noticed it then. I because he has a bunch of tattoos, and this tattoo, like the exact crop and style of the wolf head, a year before this was Christmas. A year before we had just moved to LA, and we went to Palm Springs for Christmas, and our friends happened to be there. We so we did this like like joke present Christmas with them, and they went to a Goodwill and got a plate, and on the plate was the exact same crop and style of a wolf head. And in the corner, it said mom, like someone had drawn it for their mom. <gasps> what? Yeah, I have the plate And he at home. had the tattoo of it. And he has the tattoo of it. Ah! So it's like, you know, I know that like signs are can be bullshit and people overdo it. And they're yeah, like, oh my God, but... a stop sign. And I just quit Instagram. And it's like. Right, right, right. You know. No, th- but You this can reach is like... for them. But it's also like sometimes those signs are there yeah. and they make Did you goosebumpy. Did you tell him about it? Uh huh. Was he blown away as well? He was. Yeah, I mean, like he just the the flow with the whole process was just pretty beautiful. You know, mm-hmm. it's like such a big ask, and the way he was just felt open and connected to it. So what's the next step? So the next step. So I thought, like, I had no idea how this shit happened. So I was like running into like every convenience store in Sayulita, like emptying out tampons <laughs> and like thinking, like, I'd, I'd use the applicator to put the jizz in. I my best prototype was like this uh, th- this dish glove that I cut the thumb off and then I duct taped the thumb closed like like a icing piping bag and oh, then I cut wow. a hole in the end. And I, I just I had no idea how much or how little jizz came out of a dick. I literally thought it was like a Home Depot bucket. And now <laughs> no. Dude, oh I don't, I've never, I've never gotten, I've never d- gotten that right, far right, in a hand right. job. Just like three pumps, and I was like, I gotta check in with my friends. <laughs> um, but also, what ended up, we realized Shauna had just finished her period, so there's no way that she was ovulating. Oh, okay. Um, so we learned all about that, and we ended up booking a trip to come back around the time after tracking her ovulation for four months, around the time that we thought she'd be ovulating for like ten days, and so we ended up having this like amazing vacation with him. Um, and, uh, she kept on peeing on the stick that like, it's a flashing smiley face when you're ovulating. Oh, wow. And then we did it, you know, ourselves in an in a Airbnb. 
With a turkey baster? No, well, turkey baster would be too big. So that's the other thing. People yeah. say turkey baster, and it's like, no, there's poquito jizz that comes out of peenie. Right. So <laughs> what do like, you do? So we, it's a needle without a needle. And then, uh, oh, okay. and then our friend Boyana had done this, So um, who actually happened to be the friend that was in San Francisco when I met uh, Shauna. But it's a dog. If you attach a dog catheter to the end of a syringe, then it can oh. actually, like, it can you can be having sex. You can have your fingers in there, and you... Uh, it's like, like and we, it, Sean and, and I had like beautiful sex. Yeah, because the when we conceived Wolfie with Ricky, so Ricky came into a cup, left. Yeah, Sean and I had sex. She came. I put the syringe in, and the dog catheter thing just like is an extension, like a smaller extension, so we don't have to put the syringe in. Yeah, her, and you know? I know that like you're more likely to get pregnant if you're if you're actually having sex. Having sex because yeah. sperm survives in a warm and wet place. Right. That's where it thrives. So it actually makes sense to like for couples that, you know, both people have vaginas to yeah. to actually be having sex when the jizz goes in. Which is why I love to tell the story because I think like for me, I thought it was going to be such an uphill battle to have a baby that it would, I'd have to do, it would be like all this form filling mm-hmm. and like it's, you know, it was up to like some lady in a lab. Right. And it's like to take the power back and mm-hmm. be like no we're gonna have we're gonna make love right and we're gonna make this baby what was uh ricky doing during this time he was waiting outside <laughs> there's this resort in uh outside of sayulita called litibu and we drove by and it's like very like gated community and mm-hmm. so we personified litibu like that was our inside joke throughout the week it's like oh is litibu coming oh i think she's gonna <laughs> pick up the bill litibu's dad actually has the bill tonight and so we um there was like this balcony where we were staying and so when he was done with his part he was like, Liddy Boo! And then we came up, and then <laughs> we did our thing, and then we were like, Liddy Boo! And then he came up, and uh. then Shauna and uh, Ricky and I lay in the bed, and Aww. Shauna put a pillow under her butt so that everything slided the right direction, and we watched Moana. Uh. And that was the night, that first night that we did it was the night that Wolfie was conceived. <gasps> oh my God! Yeah. Did you try multiple times we, the next couple we days? We continued to inseminate, but based on the, um, uh, what's the, the date that he's like locked in? Yeah. That's not the technical. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lock yeah. in your belt. The science term yeah, the of science, being locked in. The science of it is that he, he was conceived that day. Oh my God. So, um, okay, so I know from you having told me this story before that Ricky had a girlfriend. Well, Ricky met his girlfriend shortly um, he was kind of falling in love with her around the time of the insemination. Yeah. And she met also, she met him in the water. You know, if, you take, a surf les- if is... you take a surf lesson in Sayulita, you will fall in love and you will get pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> so, Either or. So did you ha- have any paperwork with him? And like, how yes. did the girlfriend handle the whole thing? Um, I think it was hard for her at first because it was sort of like, what are these lesbians doing with my man? <laughs> <laughs> like, why are you doing this to me? Um, and then, and now it's like, we have this amazing blended family. And mm-hmm. So he's a part like, of Wolfie's it's life? It's really sort of, he's a part of Wolfie's life. We've gone to Mexico um, to see him and actually my family, my parents, my brother, his fiance, my um, in-laws and all of Ricky's family are all going to be in Sayulita together for Christmas. And it's just so oh my God. beautiful. And his family has really like we were all together there in July and his his Wolfie met his great grandmother. Wolfie's grandmother has come to visit us. And I think that's going to be at least an annual thing. Like mm-hmm. we love her so much. She's amazing. And she's the scientist. She's really She's a cool lady. She's, like, exactly who you want to be this, like, new bonus member in your family. 
and um and her and and Ricky's dad is this cool police chief dude that was I think at first really thrown by the whole thing. But yeah, well, really charmed by Wolfie, mm. and um, his mom came, and it's just like, oh, what a sweet, 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 sweet wolf life. So you got incredibly lucky, but yeah. like you didn't do any paperwork with Ricky. We, so, but we did do paperwork yeah. because my friend Boyana had done it. So she had these um, papers from a lawyer drawn up, and so we just had the same paperwork drawn up. And it was kind of awkward because it was like, here's this person that's giving you life, you yeah, know? and so it feels like ungrateful and weird and Western and all of that. But I'm glad that we did it because it it really carved out like what the boundaries of the relationship mm-hmm, are. Mm-hmm. And what are those that, boundaries? Well, just that we have parental rights fully of Wolfie. Okay. That so he, has, he like he doesn't have any his rights? Parental, yeah, he doesn't have any parental rights of Wolfie. And I think that, I mean, that, not I think, that was always sort of the intention. Yeah, and that's like for his Wolfie's safety probably. Well, I don't know that if, if Ricky was like, I want to be his dad, that Wolfie would be unsafe, but it wouldn't be the agreement or right. the scenario that we... It would um, be confusing for Wolfie at least. Yeah. I mean, I think to me, it's like people, I think there's so many questions around it because I think we are, and we should be skeptical in life. People are, you know, people are out to get you sometimes. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And and again, it's a, this balance mm-hmm. of like being skeptical and being guarded and being open and being open was what got us our baby. Mm-hmm. But then we also have to have the paperwork to protect him. I think there's also just something beautiful about going with the flow of things. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think, um, I think as Wolfie grows up, um, it's, yeah. I think it's a, it's a powerful, positive thing for him to have this bond with his, his biological father. Mm-hmm. And he's going to know that that's his biological father. Always, always, always. And I think that that's like, with our generation, we're so lucky that we've realized, like, do you remember growing up and people would be like, oh, adopted kids are this, and oh, yeah. kids of divorce are this, yeah. oh, well, gay kids are this, and yeah. it's like, you know what's actually the this? All of the shit that society feels about anyone that's not quote-unquote normal, which is everyone. Uh, everyone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was your family on board with this plan? They, they were so- excited. I mean, my parents love deals, so they were like, this <laughs> is a Groupon! <laughs> <laughs> were you worried at all, like, during those four months when you were back in the States that he was going to change his mind? No. I we, we were always, I think there was always just this feeling that this was the way that things were going to go. We did go to a wedding with him um, and Sean. And I. We, so we actually, the time that we met him, this um, British friend of ours... We met who we met in Mexico, fell in love with another surf instructor. Oh my and god. She, and so they were getting married when we were back. They happened to be getting married oh uh, my god. when we were back uh, inseminating. And so there was this big wedding, and Ricky's beautiful. And at this time he wasn't like officially with his girlfriend yet. I think they had met, but she was in she lived in Germany. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like she was moving to Mexico yet. So, but then there were all these girls that were like throwing themselves at Ricky, and we were like on the verge of insemination. I think we inseminated the next day, and and in looking into this, we know that sperm, if you save it up, it, it's more potent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were really like, that's our jizz, man. Yeah. You know, but like it's like. <laughs> yeah. So we were just sort of like uh, back away from our dick. <laughs> That's the best reason to cock block, in my opinion. That's so funny. Yeah. Oh my god, that's so funny. Uh, that I, that's like a scene from a movie. You can just picture. Well, that. I'm writing a movie about it. You have to. <laughs> yeah. You have to. Yeah, it's, it's too kind good. of like a rom com about meeting uh, meeting my donor. Yeah, uh, our great. donor. It's too good. 
Would you like to play a game show that's equally as crazy as this story? <laughs> I think you both know the answers. Uh, very yes. <laughs> Um, okay, so this game is called Hypotheticals. Uh, you and Gabby are the contestants. I'm going to give you some hypothetical situations. You can ask more questions about them, and then you'll tell me what you would do in that scenario. I love this game already. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, our first game is America's favorite game show, Would You Stay With This Cheater? Your spouse is an investigative reporter, and in order to get the scoop of a lifetime, she had to give a source a quick handy to get him to confess. She goes on to win a Pulitzer. Would you stay with this yeah, cheater? I'll stay with that cheater. Wow. Quick handies really come up a lot in this episode. <laughs> but I also, yeah, quick handies. <laughs> um, I, uh, yeah, I would stay. Really? What was the story? What was the story about? Uh, it was about um, contamination and meat. Oh, so she saved lives. Contamination and meat. No, it was more like she then got people to get punished for contaminating the meat. But it was morally... Honestly, a Pulitzer is a good prize. I think anyone in this room would give a handjob for a Pulitzer. Truly. And I think all of our spouses would just have to deal with it because we'd have a Pulitzer on our shelf. Do people know that that's how she got the information? No, just you. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I'll stay. Yeah. Too bad she's been investigating you this whole time. What? And you're her next mark, and now you're in jail. Wait, what what did I do? In this scenario, you're both serial killers. Okay, I don't trust this game anymore. Wait, no, you shouldn't have from the jump. (laughs) Wait, so I was a serial killer this whole time, and she was investigating me? Yeah, but you should feel flattered that she gave you more than just one quick handy. But guess what? What? Before she killed me. No, you can't. No, you cannot control the game. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That was a very serious look you gave me. So she married me to get the information? Yes, she's a very dedicated investigative journalist. Okay. Oh, my God. (laughs) Our next game. Are you a terrible parent? Your child is afraid of the water, despite knowing how to swim. One day, you pretend to drown, so they will come in and save you. Unfortunately, they choose to let you drown, and now things are pretty uncomfortable. (laughs) Are you a terrible parent? Yes, I would say yes, you are a terrible parent. Because yes. what a dumb strategy. Also, your kid's fear of the water is probably rooted in something that you've done. So you yeah. should go to therapy and work out what it is that you did. Because a kid, kids are born with such uh, bravery and joy. I mean, not uh, who knows? Maybe other kids have different nature, and yeah. I don't actually. I, I'm being really insensitive, but that's the character that I'm playing in this game. Is that is you are Wolfie's parent, and Wolfie is curious and yes, likes to do Wolfie's things. Kid, and but is I think brave. all kids are like. I mean, I do think that we're, we come into this world with this open heart, mm-hmm. and then it's like kind of what we were talking about with the guarding and realizing that mm-hmm. you can't be open and that there is danger and that you can drown. It's like that. It's, yeah. It's part of what makes us smart, but it's also part of what makes us damaged. And I think that kid needs to jump in the water and swim! But yeah. that's what you tried to do. No, but I pretended to drown, which is reinforcing the fear. Oh, okay, good so point. That is a point. really yeah. good point. That yeah. is a really good point. But while they watched you drown, they laughed. Oh my God! Wait, and are you they? Got you got yourself a devil child, honey. Yeah, am I a serial killer? And now from the, I'm the serial killer from the last game, and no. this kid is a serial no, killer. No, I kid? never said that. This is a psychotic kid. You can't control kid. the narrative. Okay, I'm sorry. I think in um, this game, your kid is a psycho. Yes, uh, is like a Damien, like a, the Omen child. Yeah, but um, actually. Because they let you drown, it forced you guys to go into therapy, and now you guys are doing really well. 
Oh my god! So I guess we weren't a terrible parent. I guess we were my actually a good. Is yes. Yeah, we were a terrible parent. That's fair. Uh, but in 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 your defense, um, you're a very good actor. <laughs> So, so having like pretended to drown, maybe like a talent scout saw us, yes, and then put us on a TV show. Yes, wow, cool. So you're in therapy. You've got a TV show. I mean, sounds and, great. And your kid is now a surf instructor who one day donates his sperm to a lovely lesbian couple. All right, wow. you're a good parent. <laughs> yeah. All right, we change our mind. Where you're a good parent. Thank you. So weird that that was written. Like you, I, I, I see had the paper. all that you had written that down written. ahead of time. <laughs> so wild. <laughs> Our final game, our newest addition to hypotheticals. But I don't want to go. <laughs> Sorry. You but- can stay, but this is the last question. Uh, would you lie or tell the truth? Your boss accidentally CCs you on a confidential email about who was getting laid off. <gasps> the list includes your favorite coworker. Later that day, your favorite coworker asks if you think they are going to get laid mm. off. Would you lie or tell the truth? Wow, this is actually Wait. great. Yeah. They have cancer. Oh my god! I tell the truth. <laughs> Why would I not tell the truth? Why is my allegiance to the boss? I well, think because maybe they'll kill the messenger. Oh well. Yeah, well also, I would think like it would be so hard to give someone that bad news. Yeah, you know, especially like, when they have cancer. Yeah, it's like really shitty news to give. I wouldn't to someone. say that I officially knew, but I'd say like, look, everybody's heads on the potential chopping block. Like, I think we should all be prepared for the worst. That's Why actually great. Why are you being great. so reasonable all of a sudden? Well, actually, I'm a real good person. Yeah, that I'm is... I'm a level-headed beauty. Yeah, that's good. I think I would say that I heard that they are getting laid off. I'm trying to figure out a way in which, because I'm such a rebel, I'm trying to figure out a way in which I print that out, that email out, and just paste it like a cast list for a high school production yeah, of Grease. Yeah, baby. And I'm like... We the workers unionize riot. Look at what ha- look at what's happening. Well, I forward I think- it to Gawker. I just like yes. go all fucking out. That's great, but you're now unemployed. Whatever, but now I, but then I become like I go on Twitter and I become like a workers' rights activist, and then I I go on like I do a podcast tour. I mean, this is very vintage Gabby of me, but I would stir up as much trouble and publicity as possible. Well, you end up on Ellen, so it all worked out. I don't Wait, have like you, her. So this right? was your... It didn't work out. That's the twist. Did you meet her? No. Okay. Ellen is a problematic figure. Thank you so much for joining us. Where can we find you? I'd love for you to find me on the internet. I have a podcast that I mentioned called The Goody Goody. Um, you could just find that where you find podcasts. And, oh, um, every Thursday night on CBS at 9.30, I'm on a show called Carol's Second Act. I play Dr. Lexi Gelani, and you better believe she's gay, she's a doctor, she's brown. I can't believe I'm on CBS. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, Sabrina. Stick around after the break. We'll be talking all about rejection. Fun. (laughs) God. Just between us, it's time for topics. Hello, XXXXXX. Yeah, you're a little late on your delivery there. I threw in a hello. Just coming back from break, we never greet anyone. Oh, we do need to be more friendly. You know, yeah, like, hey, guys, listener, you know, it's all about us, but let's check in with you. 
So really, it's not all about us. It's about you, the listener, who's right now leaving us a five-star review. Yeah, and just like leaving, you know, like a comment, a nice comment on our Instagram, which is at JBU Podcast, which I realize nobody knows existed. (laughs) And if you could just like, uh, I don't know, text the link of an episode to a friend. Yeah, like, and just like, let us know how you're feeling. (laughs) With that said, let's talk about rejection. Sure. Romantic, social, professional is what you wrote on the paper. I did. I like, well, because I knew we were talking about, um, like, the sexual rejection, right, with our international question. Mm -hmm. But um, I feel like everyone lives in fear of of rejection, and I have kind of changed my mindset on it in a big way as I've gotten older. It's a part of life, Mm -hmm. and it's so little has anything to do with you. Uh, yes. Uh, you never know what's going on behind the scenes. So you never know what's going on in someone's psyche or you never know like what just happened to that person that made them reject you. Like it might, uh, honestly have to do more with them than with you. I think sometimes people get really self-centered and in their heads where they're like, this is definitely about me. And like more often than not, it's not about you at all. I almost feel like with the career that we have, I've gotten too used to rejection. Really? Where like, yeah, like I just like, I just expect it. I expect like everything to not move forward or that like projects don't happen or that I pitch things and and they get rejected. And I almost am wondering like if I have um, overcorrected where now it's almost like, do I even care about things? It is really hard to get excited. (laughs) Yeah. At a certain point, even romantic, like it's really hard to get excited Uh, uh, professionally because even when a good thing happens you're kind of just like okay but when when is the other shoe gonna drop yeah I feel like with professional stuff my my like ability to handle rejection is unbelievably high yes it is it's not as high when it comes to to social stuff like I I still like get bummed out if like I meet a cool girl and then like she doesn't want to hang out again same (laughs) (laughs) I think like like romantic rejection, you can kind of be like, yeah, they're just not attracted to me. Or like professional. But isn't that the, like what what would be the most upsetting reason someone rejected you romantically? I don't know because it used to be that it would if it would be like that they thought I was like loud or arrogant. But like I am. So I don't know. <laughs> like I kind of am like, yeah, I, I get it. Like a lot of times when people are not into me as like a friend or as um, as like a romantic partner, I, I kind of have reached a place of like, yeah, no, I hear you. Like, I get, I get it. Like, not for everyone. Because <laughs> I realized like, okay, here's the thing that I came to with rejection. I don't like everyone. Mm-hmm. I don't watch every TV show and think it's good. I don't meet every person and like their vibe. Oh, it's super true. I'm like, whatever the opposite of a people pleaser is. Like, I'm sort of just like, I don't like everyone. So how can I think that everyone's going to like me? But I think that that's so useful, you yeah. know, in those moments when, you, when you're feeling rejected to be like, it's a numbers game. Like, of course, I'm going to get rejected sometimes. Yeah. And if you're not getting rejected at all in like any area of your life, then you're probably not really trying (laughs) you're not like pushing boundaries you're not like experiencing new things either you're not trying or you're just like a rich person who (laughs) like everything yes men yeah everything has just come to you so easily in life and like congrats but like you're not relatable i think for whatever reason i would be the most upset about rejection if it was because someone thought i wasn't attractive really yeah because i think that 
for whatever reason, that's the thing I'm the most sensitive about. So if if I found out that was the reason, then I would be the most upset. Whereas, like, I'd be least upset if it was like, oh, someone's just not looking to date. Or someone's not, like, looking for something serious. But people have types. Like, people, you know, you might, someone might meet you and just be like, I don't like brunettes. No, I know. And that's a huge thing my therapist has always said. Like, she's always like, you know, he could be great, but he could only like tall blondes. (laughs) Right. Everyone's, like, idea of what is sexy or what is hot is, like, so different. You could be, like, that's the thing is, like, you could see someone and say, yeah, that's a beautiful person. Like, that happens to me a lot where I'll see, like, a guy that I understand is, like, objectively attractive, but I'm also like, meh. I think it maybe comes from the fact that um, I feel confident in in my personality Mm -hmm. that, in in a way, I, I haven't grown up feeling confident about my looks. I just think when I was dating, that was something that, like, was still, like, a trigger point for me. Oh, because you wanted to be like, well, whatever, they can hate my personality. They're wrong, but at least they think I'm cute. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so funny. Wow. It's just my truth. I think if someone thought I was boring, mm, oh, that would mm-hmm. be the worst. Because I, when someone is boring to me, I'm like, oh, like I'm like, put them in yeah. jail. Like I, <laughs> like I hate it. I think um, it's hard for me with rejection professionally to not – assume that that means that that's going to be the case always. Well, that's the thing. That's why it's so hard to get excited about anything. Like, I'm like, yeah, like, this is great. But like, when is it going to fall apart? Professionally, right? You can get good news. When you get good news, do you react? Do you celebrate? When people are like, oh, my God, you should go out to dinner and celebrate. I'm like, in what world? I would. I just, if I'm being completely honest, I haven't had good news in a really long time. Like, I don't, I know it's like, I, I'm not trying to be a bummer, but like, I haven't had good news probably in like a year or something insane. So, yeah, I, to me, like, it, the rejection has been mounting so much lately in where in the past, there's always been a positive that mm-hmm. has come along with the rejection. And that positive would keep me going. And I really do think it's important to celebrate. And if I did get good news right now, I absolutely would go to dinner and celebrate it. But I have had just rejection for a really long time. And it's hard because I, I did build up this like super strong like barrier where like I could get rejected. It would like bounce off me. No right. big deal. And now I've run out of steam because I haven't had anything positive in so long. Yeah. Um, and so kind of what I've had to do is I've had to, like, focus on other aspects of my life, right? Because in the same year that I've, like, faced the most career rejection I've ever had, as well as, like, losing more friends than I can count, um, I've also found probably my forever person. Mm-hmm. And so it's, like, this really interesting balance of, like, oh, okay, I figured out this one part of my life that I thought I would never figure out. But then mm-hmm. the other two parts of my life are in more disarray than they've been in five years Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so it's like it's a thing where like i know i won't be romantically rejected again which is incredible and feels really wonderful um (laughs) but like you know i i feel like i do need like some more gas in terms of like professional just to keep going (laughs) yeah i mean and how can you control that i can't and that's the other thing like i cannot control my career at all like i keep putting myself up for new stuff i've i'm submitting to whatever i can i'm starting new projects i'm i'm Mm -hmm, trying mm -hmm. and like i i have like no control over it Mm -hmm. um and and it's again like feeling like okay each thing is separate. 
Yeah. It's not that, like, they're all compounded because I'm a piece of shit. It just right. happens to be that each individual rejection is happening for who knows what reason that's probably not related to any other rejection. Yes. But for whatever reason, they're all coming back as rejections. Yes. At a certain point, you're like, what can I control? Because, like, getting hired or moving to the next or getting promoted or anything is, like, you're putting your whole self and life and everything in, like, someone else's hands. Mm -hmm. It's so shitty. But I also think that at a certain point, you have to figure out, okay, what's not working? You know, Mm. like, I can't just sit back and be like, I can just, like, continue business as usual and just, like, hope something's going to happen. Like, I've been trying to broaden what I'm looking into. I'm I'm mm. trying to be open to new opportunities and and like uh have a a bigger idea of what I of what my path could be. Mm-hmm. So I think it is like especially with like career stuff, you you have to sometimes be like, okay, so something something isn't working. Like what is this? Like what ownership do I take? What do I sure. chalk up to being a fluke? And I think the same the same in romantic and in social stuff. Like, I think... You go with, what am I... Okay, so all these rejections are happening. What is the common component? Yeah, what's the common denominator? And I think sometimes it's just going to be shitty luck. And I think sometimes you kind of have to, like, own up to it and be like, okay, like, maybe I'm not good at dating. You mm. know, like, I have a friend who I think probably isn't good at dating. Mm-hmm. And he just keeps getting rejected. And I think that his... His reaction is to just stop trying. Yeah. Instead of like really doing an examination of like, okay, clearly what I'm putting off or how I'm behaving is not helping me connect with other people. Right. At a certain point, you have to like sit down and be like, how can I change this? What about my personality is somehow off-putting in this romantic situation? Yeah. So you're letting you're letting the rejection at certain points like not affect you, but also taking it as notes, maybe. Like, yeah, or if you're interviewing for a bunch of jobs using the same resume or using, mm-hmm. like, the same answers and it's not working, maybe there's someone, a friend, who can look at your resume and tell you what you're doing wrong. Totally, or, or even just changing up the resume just to see, hey, does that get more reactions? Yes. And, like, socially, if you're having issues with friends, like, yes, like, you can have a falling out here, you can have a falling out there, but if it, like, keeps happening, you kind of have to sit back and be like, am I, am I a part of this? I think you can also potentially, it cannot potentially be your fault, but it can be like, oh, I'm entering a different stage of my life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And like examining, taking a moment to examine why these patterns are happening. And also, yeah. And also like you can't, I don't know. I feel like so many times people are like, this is about, about me and it's not. Or it's about. Socially. It's about a version of you. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It can be something that is so easy to fix. Yeah. Like it can be something like just redoing your resume mm-hmm. or, you know, letting yourself apply to a job that you think, eh, maybe it's not the right fit, but I don't know. Like, you know, yeah. expanding what you're looking at. Yeah. So Changing your settings on Bumble. Exactly. So you don't need to like overhaul your whole life and who you are, but I think you can like go in and, and make little adjustments and sort of experiment and see what, what can give you better results. Yeah. And like, I, but you know, what's funny is I, I feel romantic rejection if it's like a breakup, but if I like try to date someone and they're like, no, thank you. I'm like, yeah, it's fine. (laughs) Well, what's so crazy to me is like, I have felt so rejected by so, you know, I've been dumped so many times. I've been rejected so many times. Mm -hmm. And then literally the best person I've ever met is the person I live with. Yeah. So it's really, it's not like about like, sometimes you'll, like, idolize someone and you'll be like, mm-hmm. oh, well, if they reject me, that means, like, I'm a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. But really, around the corner might be someone who's so much better and right. they're going to see the value in you. 
Yeah. I used to think that it was like, oh, well, all the good guys are taken. I didn't manage to get one in this amount of time. Now I'm going to have to, like, lower my standards. And that's not true at all because, like, the right person will not reject you. (laughs) You thought every good guy was taken? Yeah. (laughs) I I thought I'd have to wait out, like, people's first divorces. Oh, my God. Uh, And now I've, I've got a 10 out of 10. Wow. Uh, Tamika, do you want to come in and tell us every time you've ever been rejected? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I've been rejected a lot. Yeah, in all aspects of your life? Oh, for sure, for sure. That's Um, just part of being an adult and, like, living long enough. I think so. I think also being, like, a creative person, you are naturally a little bit odd. Uh, Maybe that's (laughs) just my – maybe just wishful thinking on my part, but I'm a little odd. I'm also an introvert. I mean, professionally, when you're creative, you get a lot of rejection. Socially, you just don't align with some people. Yeah. Uh, romantically, if you're moving around from place to place, you know, it Which just you've happens. been doing? Yeah, for you sure. You moved a lot? Yeah. I've lived in the Midwest, on the East Coast, down in Texas, now in California. So it's just it's Dating's just a little crazy. Yeah. Do you take it personally every time that happens? I think, you know, it, I think rejection touches you like in this place that's like not rational and mm-hmm. you can put up a blockade but sometimes you can't really help it like if it's like a surface level initial rejection it's not that bad but when you start to get to know someone or even like sharing your ideas creatively and people really kind of get your vision then you get the rejection right that's hard that's hard it's like gabby said like once you've been in the relationship and then they're like oh i know you and i choose not yes to. <laughs> that's worse to me someone who just doesn't want to date me i'm like that's fine but someone who like i've been together with for like a year and they're like ah, hey, you know what i've tried it out and not for me <laughs> and then i'm like no my god that's yeah that's the worst but you were like applying for jobs right before you got here did you feel like professional rejection I don't know. I mean, I feel like when you're in the media industry, you probably have applied for like hundreds of jobs mm-hmm. over your career. You don't take it personally after 10 years when you get a lot of rejections. I feel <laughs> sure. like, I mean, you just get well, you so shouldn't. used to it. I think you got to get, you can't or you won't survive it. Yeah. And that's just like an application. That's different than like submitting a proposal for a project. Like mm-hmm. what you're saying, Allison, like submitting a specific idea and I want to do this. This is my vision. That's a different type of rejection, mm-hmm. I think. So I can understand why you would take that personally. Sure. Yeah, I got a lot to think about. Um, <laughs> <laughs> how would we rate this episode overall? I rate it um, 10 out of 10 sperm syringes. Uh, what about dog catheters? Isn't that what she said? Dog <laughs> catheter, dog catheter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just love, I love the story. I love like the, the seeing him and just knowing. I think you're right that Sabrina has some sort of superpower about knowing people. I think so too. Intuition. I wonder what the next person will be. Right? It's very exciting. I know. What did we learn? I think we all know what we learned in this episode, which is ask whoever you want to be your sperm donor. Yeah, I guess. You know, if you don't ask, you don't get, as Ken Raskin always says. If you don't ask, you don't get. I mean, the sheer like, like talk about rejection, the sheer like resolve in Mm -hmm. being like, I'm going to ask him after knowing this person for two days. I love it. That's so brave. I support it wholeheartedly. Yeah. And what's our funniest part? I like every time Allison interrupts someone and says, you don't control hypotheticals. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That I is... got to start saying that up top so people know the rules. It was, um, the yeah, the face that you gave, the look that you gave Sabrina to be like, absolutely not. You're not in charge of this was, uh, I would never want to contend with it. There has to be structure. 
And the structure is whatever I want it to be. Yep, there it is. That's the end. There it is. Thank you so much to Sabrina Jalise for being our guest. Just Between Us is hosted by me, Allison Raskin. And me, Gabby Dunn. Our engineer is Brendan Burns. He also composed our killer theme music. Our producer is Tamika Weatherspoon, and our supervising producer is Josephine Martirana. Our executive producer is Chris Bannon. Just Between Us is a production of Stitcher. What do wolves do? Roar! Stitcher.